All right, y'all, today's podcast is powered by Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop, in Jonesboro, and of course, crumblecookies.com. And with Valentine's Day coming up on Tuesday, the 14th, I can tell you this, a pink box of Crumble Cookies will make everyone's heart melt. And on the menu this week, the chocolate cake, a rich chocolate cookie topped with smooth chocolate fudge frosting and shaved chocolate curls on top. They also have the sugar featuring Mother's Circus Animal. This is a rainbow sprinkles cookie that they smother with a puddle of melty white chips. Then they top that with Mother's Original Circus Animal Cookies and a splash of rainbow sprinkles. How about the Kentucky Butter Cake? A yellow butter cake cookie smothered with a melt-in-your-mouth buttery glaze. There's also the peanut butter banana. It's a chunky oatmeal cookie smothered with banana frosting, a tasty peanut butter drizzle, and then crunchy dried banana chips on top. And then the classic pink sugar, an all-time favorite vanilla sugar cookie topped with a perfect pink swoop of real almond frosting. And don't forget about the classic, the can't-go-wrong, the cookie that's there every time. It's the milk chocolate chip. It's thick. It's soft, and it's packed with milk chocolate chips. Check out Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. You can download the app, order online, and save some time, or go to crumblecookies.com. And here's the podcast. This is Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It is February the 8th of 2023. Glad you guys are up with us this morning on National Kite Flying Day. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure today's the day to do that. Yeah, it might be windy enough, but it, it might not. Uh, the weather might not be really. Yeah, we would hate for you to do the whole thing. Uh, what was it, Ben Franklin, where you discover lightning and something like that, or electricity through lightning? Yeah, so, yeah, we don't want that to happen. It's also National Boy Scouts Day, so a shout out to you Boy Scouts out there this morning. First thought of the day, KP, go. Do you ever wake up with a certain song in your head, and no matter what you watch, you listen to, your brain keeps going back to the words of this song? Well, this morning I woke up with this random song in my head. I don't think I've heard this song in years. I don't know where it came from, but I can't stop singing it. And so I want to make it get stuck in your head, too, because I think you're going to remember it and be like, oh, my goodness, that was a great song. All right. The song is by his name is Michael Peterson. It's called Drink, Swear, Steal and Lie. This is what it sounds like. I must confess I'm just a backsliding fool. I don't know that I do. It was, sounds like oddly, yeah. maybe partly familiar. He kind of had that this like kind of one hit wonder type thing. And that's the one that I remember. But I remember when I first started listening to country, that was one of the first songs that I really liked. Oh, Michael Peterson. Yeah. That's real, real random. You didn't land on some Michael Peterson playlist or something like no, that? I don't think so. I don't know. Huh. Maybe somebody sent that to you telepathically. Maybe so. Oh, my goodness. Know. I wonder who that could be. Okay. Let's go ahead and go through the list. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Show's we over. We don't have that much time. <laughs> First thought of the day, Double B, go. So when I saw that today was National Boy Scouts Day, I am remiss that I missed the opportunity to be a Boy Scout. Remissed. Yes. I don't know if that's the exact word. 
But like, I always thought it was kind of cool to be a Girl Scout, right? You got to sell cookies and stuff like that, and the Boy Scouts got to tie knots and yeah. save animals and um, well, you climb always trees. wanted to wear those patches. Yeah, I love the patches and the outfits and stuff like that. But I never had the opportunity. I was never invited to be a part of the Boy uh-huh. Scouts. Huh. My mother never signed me up, so I'm thinking here I am. You know, I could be a leader, maybe a, a Boy Scout leader at this point. I'd like to get some shorts and you could hit the woods. What do you learn in the Boy Scouts? Something about knots. You, you tie knots. You can learn how to build a fire. Yeah. How to start a spark. See, stuff like that that could be valuable down the road, especially like if there's some type of zombie apocalypse. I'm not prepared. Uh, well, then don't watch The Last of Us. What's that? that's basically a zombie apocalypse, and uh, I'm pretty sure you'd be gone the first day. No, I wouldn't. I'd hide behind <laughs> you and my wife. <laughs> you shall survive. There's no doubt I'll be okay if I hide behind the girls. <laughs> All right, let's get you caught up on what's trending this morning. Uh, I guess the big, uh, the biggest trending story was the fact that the president, Joe Biden, he took the national stage last night and he did uh, his State of the Union address. It pretty much took over, you know, half of television and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, president Biden talked about uh, the U.S. recovering from COVID and the coronavirus and the issues that came up because of that, not just the disease, but the trickle down effect of everything else. Uh, Biden talked about inflation. He talked about the war in Ukraine. He talked about increased tension with China because of the weather balloon, the surveillance balloon that was fought or found. And they also talked about uh, the debt and the debt ceiling rising. Uh, It was a pretty big night. A lot of people have different opinions on which way politics goes. But Biden was out there last night. And also making a a national story is Arkansas's governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who did the Republican address to the nation following Mm -hmm. the State of the Union. And if you watched Governor Sanders, you know, she's... uh, not exactly agreeing with everything that was said. So uh, that was a big thing on the national platform for Arkansas's governor last night. Also trending, LeBron James has become the NBA's all-time leading point scorer. LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's 34-year record last night with a stunning performance against Oklahoma City Thunder in Los Angeles. Uh, fans shelled out thousands of dollars for a seat to witness history, and LeBron didn't make him wait. He put on a show stealing the record while Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watched from the court side. That's pretty cool. Um, but LeBron James, NBA's all-time leading point scorer for now. Yeah, I'm going like, to say for now. But the number's like 38,000 points. Yeah, but there's going to be somebody that's going to, I mean, it just it just takes time. Yeah. You know, well, you got to stay around awesome. long enough. Yeah. You have to be legendary enough that your career gets to last that long. So hopefully LeBron will get to kind of sit in the stands next time the next kid comes up and is, is going to do that. So That's cool. a neat story. A uh, big sports story last night. A lot of people were trying to flip between LeBron and uh, the State of the Union. Also trending information, and uh, my phone blew up about this, and we'll kind of touch on it briefly, but our thoughts go out to our buddy and friend of the show, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, He suffered uh, publicly, basically the reports are, he suffered an incident in Florida uh, that ended up with him in the hospital and having to undergo uh, surgery, a medical procedure while he was there. Uh, Initially, reports were were looking like it was kind of rough for the king, but as the king does... Uh, yeah. Reports out today is that he's awake and uh, he's doing better. So 
Uh, it's great news right there for so many of us. You know, we've been impacted by Jerry the King Lawler on television. Uh, growing up in the shadows of Memphis with Memphis Wrestling and Channel 5. Uh, you know, so many people who listen to this show are like, my gosh, he's yes. the king. And then for the younger fans, he's, you know, the WWE Hall of Famer and superstar and commentator and all of that. So our thoughts go out to uh, the family, the friends, and of course, all the fans of Jerry the King Lawler as he recovers in the hospital in Florida. And we will keep you up to date when we get in more information that we we feel like we're able to share. You know, it's one of those weird deals where when people were asking me, hey, what's going on? You know, there is a thing about his privacy right. and medical privacy yeah. that I think most people, you know, we should honor. But sometimes people get caught up in trying to mm. share news and have, have uh, you know, scoops or information or something like right. that. But I think the best thing to know is that there was a situation. He is doing better. Uh, and we'll continue to think about the king as he goes throughout the next uh, couple days and weeks. And now you're caught up on what's trending this morning with Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right. Good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show high five. High five. A big high five goes out today to Juliette Lamar. She's from Ontario, Canada. And the reason we're sharing her story is because like years ago, uh, she was five years old and there was the earthquake in Haiti. And she saw that Canadian Red Cross was looking to take donations to help people in Haiti. And this five-year-old girl thought, hey, I want to give everything I have. She was so compelled by the story. Uh, She gave everything she had in her piggy bank, which at the time was $61.38. She donated that at the age of five. Fast forward to today where she's 18. And she decided, because her grandfather told her, hey, you're 18 now. Why don't you go buy your very first lottery ticket? She did. And on her first lottery ticket, she won $48 million. Oh, Goodness. Which is crazy. And some people are talking about how in the universe, you know, the universe is rewarding people who do good things and acts of kindness, even at the age of five. Like the universe doesn't forget. Mm. She gave her money at the age of five and at the age of 18, just now won $48 million. Uh, what Juliet says now is she's going to help use that money to end up uh, fulfilling her dream, which is to become a doctor. So here's to you, Julia Lamore. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. And you can check availability in your area when you go to rightfiber.com. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is February the 8th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, Arkansas! This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Luke Combs. Let's get some candles burning and some records turning all the lights down. 
So Luke Combs has given us the track list for his upcoming album. His album is going to be called Getting Old. It comes out on March the 24th. Uh, and he's given us 18 different songs that are going to be featured on the album, including one that was kind of a surprise. He's doing a cover song on this album. And the song that he's going to be covering is the Tracy Chapman song, Fast Car. I love this song. If you haven't heard this, we have an acoustic version that Luke gave us on social media. This is a sneak peek of what it might sound like on the album. You got a fast car. Now I got a plan to get us out of here Been working at a convenience store Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far Just across the border and into the city And you and I can both get jobs Finally see what it means to be living I think it sounds cool, right? It does. You got a fast So Luke Combs, Fast Car, one of 18 tracks on his upcoming album called Getting Old, which comes out on March 24th. We have country music news today on Chris Stapleton. So Chris Stapleton is teaming up with Pink on a song on a song called Just Say I'm Sorry, which is going to be on Pink's next album titled Trustfall, which comes out on the 17th. Now, you take those two powerhouse voices. We know that they already sound good together because it's not the first time that Chris Stapleton and Pink have worked together. They also have a song on Pink's 2019 album, Hurts to Be Human. It's called Love Me Anyway. Here's Chris Stapleton and Pink. Could you, could you Chris Stapleton and Pink, Pink's album, Trustfall, out the 17th. And country music news today on Parker McCall. So get ready. Parker McCollum has a new video out for his song, Handle on You. You can check it out right now. And he loves the video because he wanted to show two sides of his life. Number one, the side of him being on stage in front of a sold out crowd, which that's a cool vibe for a music video. And he got to do that uh, in his hometown in front of 20,000 people. And then they took the cameras to his family ranch in East Texas. And he wanted to show kind of like, hey, this is what happens on day one where you're a superstar. And this is what happens when you're back home on the family ranch. Uh, The video is for the song Handle on You. Videos out, handle on you. That's the latest singer from uh, single from Parker McCollum, and the video is out now. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's morning show. Did you know the NBA's halftime entertainers, you know, the contortionists, acrobats, and frisbee-catching dogs, they typically make $1,500 to $5,000 a show. Yeah, that's silly. That's crazy. Is there any truth that you're going to get your dog, Murphy Lee, and you're going to train him to do tricks in... uh, 
collegiate sport halftime events. I think that would be pretty amazing. It'd be a good way for me to make some extra cash, yeah. you know, do some hosting, do some dog tricks. Yeah. yeah. Did you know Yosemite Sam almost had a different name? You know who, you're, who I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy with the mustache. The rootness, tootness, you know, that guy. Oh, yeah. He had the, did he have guns in both hands? Yes. Yeah, pistols. The other options were Texas Tiny, Wyoming Willie, and Denver Dan. Oh, I'd go with Willie. I think Willie, would I would go with the okay. Willie. Yeah. And did you know Chuck E. Cheese was almost called Rick Rat's Pizza? What? But their PR agency said the name would turn people off because people don't want to think of rats when they're eating. I think that is a great point. <laughs> and if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So, Kelly brought us this uh, question this morning. Is it okay to kiss your friends on the lips? Y'all already know I did not bring this question. Yes, she did. And then she said, is it okay to kiss your friend's spouses on the lips? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I posed that question. Mm -hmm. Kelly, I don't really know if if we need to go there. Where is this coming from? Well, last night, uh, it was the State of the Union address, and cameras caught First Lady (laughs) Jill Biden kissing Kamala Harris's guy on the lips. So I guess he's known as the second gentleman. Douglas Imhoff is his name, right? So as as they're doing the whole hey greetings and all that kind of stuff, uh, Douglas Imhoff takes a hold of the first lady's hand. She reaches over and briefly kissed him on the lips. <laughs> Do you think that maybe maybe it was like a misfire? Maybe they were like. Hey, oh, like it was an accident or maybe like they went the wrong way at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what first trying to help. I don't know. It went right through my mind right off the bat. Like, surely they did not like this isn't how they greet each other at Waffle House. Right. They know that one million cameras are on them. Right. I mean, you would think at the same point, (laughs) I have a lot of friends, right? A lot of friends who are females. My wife has to deal with that. She's cool with it. She, She likes most of them. Yeah. But like if I were to see somebody, even if I hadn't seen them in a long time, let's say it was an accidental kiss on the lips. I think even if I was to go in for a kiss on somebody's cheek, she'd be like, what are you doing? Brandon, if you even flinched to pucker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She'd take you out. I'm a no pucker sucker. I ain't allowed to do that. But I'm just going to tell you, this this is a story. People were trying to see if Biden or Kamala Harris reacted, and they didn't even sell it. They didn't put it over. They had no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> but they just kissed each other. <laughs> you know that SNL is going to get a hold of this, too. Oh, yeah. That'll gonna, be something that, that they'll get. That'll they're going to have to. Uh-huh. But, like, literally, because Kelly came back from vacation, and uh, I was excited to see her when I got to work. If I would have leaned down and given her a kiss, even on the cheek, no, she would lose her I'd mind. Be like, what are you doing? Hey, yeah, welcome back. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, this. Yeah. Oh, I just okay. I'm looking. Oh my it's right goodness! On. It's look, like spot on. Look. No, I know. It's like they <laughs> they did it on purpose. It looks like they're in this embrace. It's strange. <laughs> So then on the other end of the oh spectrum, you have Ashton Kutcher, who's uh, he's doing some red carpet stuff with Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a movie. There's a, well, there's a movie coming out called Your Place or Mine, and he's 
on the red carpet with her, and he's nowhere close to her. And people thought that they were fighting, like they didn't like each other. Yeah. Even uh, Mila Kunis called up Ashton's like, hey, man, you got to act like you like each other, even if you're <laughs> not getting along. And he said he didn't want to get too close to her, didn't want to put his arm around Reese Witherspoon, yeah. because he knew the tabloids would take that out of context. He's, I know, he's been here for a minute, you know? Yeah. So he's like, I'm not going to yeah. give them anything. So he looked very disinterested. Mm-hmm. Ashton Kutcher looked about as disinterested as Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez at the Grammys. That's every wife's husband or boyfriend <laughs> at, a, at some type of uh, event for them. No, see, typically for my family, it's the other way. Leslie's going, oh my gosh, get me out of here. And I'm like, stop acting like that. If it were caught on camera. Gold. It would, oh no. Mm-hmm. And we have guests coming into the studio this morning. Just a heads up. One of us, either Kelly or I, will kiss each okay. of them on the cheek this morning. That is not. To see what their reaction is. <laughs> You can go for the lips if you want to. That's okay. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. So a dog in England almost died after eating a drug addict's um, potty. uh, Bathroom. His potty? After he went to the bathroom um, on on the grass in 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 the woods. Wait, the dog or the drug addict? No, the drug addict. The drug addict and the dog went and consumed it. Yes. The the potty, the mess, the the mess. And the dog almost died, okay? Oh, my gosh. A dog walker named Chris Johnson in South London posted about it on Facebook. He said that when a client's large breed dog was walking near a lake, the dog came across some um, fecal matter and decided to sample the goods, as dogs do. The client said that their dog really got sick that night and they had to go to the vet. The vet told them that they were pretty sure uh, that it came from someone who does a lot of meth. Uh And if a smaller dog had eaten it, it would have died. No way. Chris posted about it to let other people know in the area, and at least one other person had a similar story about their own dog. Mm. It turns out people go fishing at that lake they were next to, and they like to use the woods as a toilet. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of going to the bathroom, did you know that poo jokes aren't my favorite jokes? They're not. But they are a solid number two. Oh, my goodness. Gosh. I'm sorry. You did I not take it back. do that. <laughs> There's even more proof Ugh. that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, well, well. Time for birthdays for today. It is Wednesday, February the 8th of 2023. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Lynn Fisher of Fayetteville, who celebrates a birthday today. Lynn Fisher is my best friend and win growing up in high school, and she's the one that got me into country music. So there's that. Yeah, so happy birthday, Lynn. (coughs) Know who to blame now. Thanks a lot, Lynn. (laughs) Freaking jerk. Brandon. (laughs) No, happy birthday to Lynn Fisher, who celebrates today. Also, happy birthday to Michael Waltrip of Jonesboro, who is turning the big 4-0 today. So we should get there in about five or six years, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Carrie Manis of Jonesboro celebrates a birthday today. Kathy Tatum from Jonesboro. Jenna Crawford of Bentonville. We have Jana Hamilton from Bay. Hannah Myers of Jonesboro celebrates. Caitlin Hendricks, also from Jonesboro. Karen Jones of Jonesboro celebrates. Daryl Gann 
is celebrating his birthday today. So happy birthday to Daryl. We have Sarah Hirons from Wynn celebrating. Happy birthday from Michael and Bree. And Rennell Woods of Jonesboro celebrates today. Happy birthday happy to birthday. Rennell. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday to Bethany Hamilton. She's 33. That is the surfer who survived a shark attack. So happy birthday to Bethany. Happy birthday to Anderson Pack, who is 37. That's He was part of Silk Sonic with Bruno Mars. Anderson Pack. Celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday to Seth Green, who is 49. He was the co-creator of Robot Chicken. Also, Scott Evil in the Austin Powers movies. The Big Show is for is 51 today, former WWE superstar and Captain Insano in Waterboy, the yeah. movie. John Grisham is uh, seven, uh, 68 today. Of course, we know him from The Firm, The Client, The Rainmaker, The Chamber, and The Pelican Brief. Wow, lots of books. Creed Bratton is 80 today. Oh so that's goodness. Creed on The Office, 80 years old today so happy birthday to creed and happy birthday to net today to vince neal from motley crew who is 62 girls, girls, girls. all right vince gill i'm sorry vince neal of motley crew is celebrating <laughs> wrong vince <laughs> Vince Neal of Motley Crue is 62. And for those of you who hear us sing about Dr. Shane Spites, you realize Motley Crue does this. He's the one that makes me. He's the one they call. He's gonna be your Frankenstein. We've done that so long now, I feel like I have to bite my lip not to sing the wrong thing. I know. Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Vince Neal of Motley Crue, who turned 62 today. Happy birthday, Vince. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man the Chinese balloon was spying on, Dr. (laughs) Feelgood. He's the one that makes you feel good. He's the one they call. Feel good. And he's going to be your Frankenstein. I've got one thing you'll understand. Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Shane's Bites. Dr. Feelgood, <laughs> he, he's the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State. What's up, man? I was wondering what that was in the sky, and I was like, what's that up there? It's kind of slowly 
kind of creeping over. Anyway, I'm pretty sure they're the ones. Kelly's back. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I'm pretty sure they're the ones that that gave us footage of you uh, doing a dance on Oof. TikTok. <laughs> oh, that went viral. Uh, well, you know, yeah, Chinese company. I guess so. Yeah. Hey, so tell me what went through your head when you decided to get out on your front porch and dance on TikTok in the middle of an ice storm. Complete and total lack of judgment. <laughs> like like 100% loss of my mind. So um, probably like many of you, you know, you get stuck inside, you know, the first day it's kind of cool and then starts dragging on. You're like, you know, it's just really cold and icy outside. It's not like snow, like you're really playing it. So my kids tried to obviously sled down the, you know, the frozen parts and were successful in some areas. But you kind of just start getting cabin fever and then uh and i'll be honest my, my daughter was on me about making a tiktok and i was like i'm not making a tiktok that is i'm absolutely not doing that well you know you get worn down yeah. <laughs> after a while and i was like okay so how, how should we do this and she's like well we'll get you out on the on the front porch and i was like i'm gonna fall and break a hip yeah like, yeah anyway but of course i'm not the as you saw i'm not the skilled dancer in my family it's my my son one of my sons is and so luckily he he saved the video, I think, by showing some actual dance moves. I was kind of impressed with your movement, though, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. I was like, what is... So Kelly's on vacation in Mexico, and she sends me this deal yeah. like, have you seen Shane Spites dancing? I was like, Dr. Feelgood is dancing. There is a reason we've named him Dr. Feelgood. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, and everybody, I, I, the text I was getting, I, I got a few, a few comments about that, and so I got a few texts. They're like, how do you how do you do that and not hurt yourself? And I was like, yoga. I go to yoga. (laughs) Yoga helps me 100%. That's it. Hey, uh, you mentioned, and we'll do this real quick. You know, we've had uh, ice and snow and kind of gloomy, you know, gray-looking weather today, a whole bunch of rain. Do you think weather and the season really does affect people, number one, with their their mental health, and then number two, are people more likely to get sick because they're stuck inside and they're kind of feeling down and all that kind of stuff? So, so you're right on both counts, actually. So there is something called seasonal affective disorder, um, and absolutely there's a, a fairly large number of the population who, when you get into these darker months, specifically the December and January and even like the 1st of February, and the, you know, where it's kind of overcast and it's just dark, and that lack of sunlight. So we know there's a chemical process that occurs just being out in sunlight in terms of serotonin levels and in terms of which is kind of a feel-good hormone. So we know that happens. And so we absolutely know that people just feel, you know, so if you feel kind of draggy or down or a little depressed when it's, when it's cold and dark, you know, that's not surprising. They actually sell light. Now, this is a whole other conversation, but they sell like uh, an indoor light that kind of mimics that sunlight response. Now, they're not all the same, and you can't just go – typically pick these up at your dollar general store or something like that. You have to do your research because, you know, obviously there's plenty of people out there want to make money off these, but there are actual uh, medical lights that you can do for individuals who really have depression that gets worse during this time. Uh, but to your piece on getting sick, absolutely. So as we're in, the, whether you're in your office, you know, at a conference room, but, you know, meetings that occur inside, germs spread in these enclosed areas better than they do like outside you're less likely to get sick if you're outside um you know outside talking to people and movement so we spend more time inside and we do see a higher number of infections specifically respiratory infections viral infections like flu and covid and all Mm -hmm. those that spread through the air they absolutely spread more more easily during this time 
had a buddy of mine um, <clears throat> who approached me and, you know, he was like, hey, you know, I want to be a little bit healthier. And, you know, we've gone through the pandemic and people realize what it can be. You know, if, you're, if your body's not, uh, you know, as healthy as it can be, we want to be healthy to fight off disease and stuff like that. And he said one of the things he wanted to do was was drop some pounds. And we talk to you often, you know, about weight loss, especially at the first of the year and how we can do this. And he had told me, and I think a lot of us get advice from someone, right? And he's like, hey, a buddy of mine in my neighborhood is losing weight, doing blah, blah, blah. And the story that he gave me was, you know, basically cutting out all but, you know, 30 or 40 carbs and all the, the grains and the breads and, and all that stuff is gone. And it's really just the greens. Uh, and it, I told him, I said, that sounds to me like it's it's the ketogenic diet, it's it's ketosis and all that stuff. And I saw a deal online that was talking about how, you know, a lot of people try that diet and some people are successful in the short term. Uh, but really, the long term approach is what we need to think about. Is that correct? And that's absolutely right. And actually, um, article, I mean, to your point, that came out actually talking about this. There was um, a physician that kind of did a commentary, did a review on it. Um, and the title was Keto for Life, you know, Reasons to Think Twice. Yep. And and this and, and I put keto in this category, but I'll be honest with you, I put most of the of the diets that you hear about in this category. And you and I have talked about this for quite a while. These diets, you will absolutely, you know, lose weight initially, but it's is it sustainable? Will you keep the weight off, or are you going to gain it back the minute that you? Because most of these diets like this are not sustainable. Right. When you talk about keto, first of all, you need to know at the physiological level what's going on. You're moving your body into a different form of creating energy. Mm-hmm. So instead of using glucose, you're you're forcing it to go down a different pathway, which is which the body can do. The body is an amazing thing. It's got all kinds of backup processes, and you know. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to do this. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to do this. The body does an amazing thing, keeping us going uh, day after day. That's not the preferred method of energy supply. Is, yeah. is ketosis? That's not a normal method of energy supply. And so it's not what your body really, really wants for energy. It's not great for your body. Will you lose weight? Absolutely. Is it sustainable? Is it something long-term? Absolutely not. This is not something that you want to do long-term because you're going to miss nutrients, vitamins. You're going to get an excess of things that you don't need over time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why whenever we talk about, well, what's the best, you know, I get this a lot. I get it in my clinic. What's the best diet? What's the best diet that I should adhere to that I should just stick to for the rest of my life? Time and time again, and this came out again just last month in January, they always do a review um, of the medical literature on diet, and it's the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean diet, time and time again, has proven to be the healthiest, sustainable diet that you can be on in terms of like cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, weight loss. It's the Mediterranean diet. You know what's interesting? Now, like oh, I realize a lot of this is coming up now, but, uh, but that, that's, that's really what the take-home is, is that one. So again, Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. We're talking about people who try to restrict any type of food group, you know, because uh, I, I watch a lot of fitness stuff on on uh, YouTube, right? And you hear people who say, you know, this generation was telling us that carbs were bad. This generation told us that that fats were bad. This generation said whole eggs are bad and all these different things. But if, if you go to YouTube like I do and you start watching stuff like that, you, you see these people who are in fantastic shape. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this person has to be an expert on this field to look like this. And I think that's where I got sucked into the whole keto thing is I would see these guys who are, you know, bodybuilder looking guys who are in great shape and they're super lean. And all of a sudden, I believe that's the way to do it. Right. And I mean, to be honest, looks can be deceiving. I mean, it could be that they they got that individual on there or that you know individual is obviously you know, marketing something or doing something. And they may or may not be really adhering to that diet. I mean, there was actually a 
big bulb not too long ago, and I forget the guy's name, but he was a YouTuber, um, was really pushing this. I don't know, was it liver or something? Anyway, he was oh, the, the liver king, of whatever it was. It was the liver you know what king. Yeah, the liver king. Yeah, well, he's bulking up with um, with steroids. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and he had told people he was natural. What I'm saying is, is, you're not hearing, yeah, you're not hearing the whole story when you see these on YouTube's and when you're seeing these um, on these different videos. Just kind of, you know, take it with a grain of salt, so to speak. I guess is what I'm saying. And so there are absolutely good ways. That's why we, you know, we have nutritionists and we have uh, dietitians. We have specialists in these fields uh, that can help with exercise science majors. I mean, we've got people that can help you. You know, personal trainers that that, that know really what the body needs and um, and can help you develop workout plans and things like that. And this is a great time of the year. Um, to, you mentioned the, you know, it's dark outside, it's cold. Great time of the year to you thought about a gym membership. Not that you have to do that. You can get a lot of this stuff online, but really kind of start to get back into the um, into the exercise uh, world. Yeah, I think that's helped me over the last uh, little bit. And I've, I've stayed pretty active, you know, for a number of years now. <clears throat> but, you know, January is like, hey, let's go ahead and kickstart it. Let's ramp it up. Let's lift a little bit heavier. I was I was back in the gym at workout anytime. And uh, I, I love that because it gives me more accountability and, and I feel like I work out better. But I do see people who get there and, and maybe you can advise me on this and and they stick to one thing. Like some of us will just go and we just want to do the weights. Or you see somebody who wants to lose a lot of weight and they feel because you know, we've been taught forever that the only way to lose weight is to to do cardio and either run or, or walk for miles and miles and miles. And and I think one of the things that, that we've learned that a lot of people probably should hear is it really it's about the balance. You don't need to go all the way in one direction. It's really about, you know, kind of doing a little bit of all of it. You're 100% correct. I mean, you're spot on. And really, it's an individual approach. It's not going to be just what you said. It's not a one-size-fits-all. When I sit down with patients and we talk about weight loss, I mean, I talk about their sleep hygiene and their sleep cycle. I mean, they they could be doing the ultimate in diet and exercise, and still not lose weight. The studies are pretty clear on this. You could be eating right and working out every day and still not lose weight if your sleep hygiene's off. So if your sleep if I look, I'm only getting four hours of sleep, or I'm, you know, no, I'm, I'm waking up every other hour. I mean, you're not going to lose weight because your body's not getting everything it needs. And so uh, we talk about this total approach to health. That's really what we talk about. We talk about, you know, your like I said, activity, your diet, your sleep hygiene, and your mental health. I mean, all these things are kind of it's kind of like a four legged stool. And if you don't have one of the ends, the stool is not steady on its own. But so would you would you think because I kind of I kind of think this now that uh, and I always and my wife did, too, like, hey, let's let's burn all the calories we possibly can. Let's do this really high intense exercise. It's really hard to finish. And I want to feel really tired by the end of it. That's going to make me healthier because I'm going to do that. But the more I've researched, the more I realize, you know, if you go in and you're just trying to do a cardio approach, you're not going to be as successful. It's going to take it's going to take longer than trying to have a balanced approach. Well, on the diversity piece, I want to talk about two things you just brought up, the diversity of exercise. You're right on that, because what we recommend is, look, it should really be divided up. You should absolutely do strength training, but you should absolutely do aerobic training. Mm-hmm. And we were teasing earlier about yoga, but you should absolutely do some sort of yoga or formalized stretching. And so really, you should have all three of those should be part of your workout, your weekly workout routine. Now, going back to the high intensity, there's some really good data coming out now that that high intensity workout is actually pretty healthy for you. Okay. I mean, even like these, these eight to 10 to 15 minute, just high intensity. Now, again, let me be care- Let me be clear. 
that's only if you're, I mean, if, if your body can handle that. I mean, because what happens is people will tell me, yeah, I'm just going to start doing that today. I haven't done anything <laughs> in the last two years. Right. And now all of a sudden you break an ankle or something like that. So I'm not recommending that at all. But there is good evidence on high-intensity workouts. Uh, but it needs to be it needs to be diverse, like you said. It's got to be it's got to be the whole spectrum. Last thing with Doctor Spites. The other day we go to the gym and <clears throat> I had had my protein. I didn't have very many carbs. Uh, I did my workout. I thought I did great. About ten minutes later, after I left the gym, I felt wiped. I felt like I was kind of queasy and sick and all that stuff. And I believe my body needed the the carbs. I think it needed some form of carbohydrates in there to be able to do what I was doing. Is that a reason that we sometimes feel sick? Is it, is it carbohydrates and the balance is off in, in our gut or, or what happens there? So it can be a combination of things. I mean, we, we talk about fluid intake, specifically water, making sure that you're not dehydrated uh, because being dehydrated can shift, you know, if you're doing these heavy workouts and all of a sudden you're shifting your blood flow to your muscles, which are needing it at the time, shifting away from other organs. And so that could that could sometimes give you an upset stomach or feeling of nausea. Hmm. You're absolutely right. If you if you chewed up all your sugar stores, which is what your carbohydrates supply, they supply glucose yep. typically. Um, then yeah, then all of a sudden now you can feel that down, and now your body's shifting over again. Your body does a great job of saying, okay, I don't have enough of this energy. I got to shift over and find some more. Um, and so it starts burning other things. Maybe not as efficient. Actually, typically not as efficient. That goes back to the whole keto diet conversation, not as efficient as burning glucose. That's what it mm-hmm. primarily does. And again, there's a lot of biochemistry behind all of that, but lots of reasons why that could have um, could have happened to you. And so it's just kind of a, um, it depends on what's going on at the time, so to speak. But you want to make sure you're hydrated, um, you know, make sure that if you got enough energy on board, so to speak, to be able to do that. And we have trainers that can help with this stuff. And a lot of this stuff is free online. You can go online, you got to be careful but you can find a reputable source online to help help you through this. I'll tell you what helped me the other day. I felt kind of queasy after that workout. I chowed down on a breadstick, and within five minutes, I was feeling good again. <laughs> yeah, and, and calories in. <laughs> Y'all, he is, uh, he is Dr. Feelgood. He is Dr. Shane Spites, the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. Have a great week, man. We appreciate you. You too, guys. Take right, well, care. Stay we'll safe. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by a longtime friend of, of mine and Kelly, somebody we worked side-by-side with for a real long time uh, with the Prom Fashion Show and different events. Please welcome back to the show, Miss Sherry Bobbitt. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. You made that sound like we're all getting really old. Oh. You said a really, really long time. Well, yeah. I didn't mean that. I, I don't know that I'm that old. No, of yeah. course you're not. And I'm not either. <laughs> but we have, we have, uh, we're seasoned veterans when it comes to oh. prom fashion show. We are seasoned. I mean, my 19 years and your 15 years. And Kelly, how long? Uh, just a few, because I'm a lot younger than Brandon. <laughs> I think she's been a part of it for eight years now, right? Yeah. Uh, almost like eight, yeah. seven or eight. Uh, so I, I've known Sherry for a minute, right? The first thing she does, I always give her a big hug because we don't get to see each other as often as we would like. And as I went in for the hug, she headbutted me right in the nose this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I told you, we got to knock some sense into you somehow. <laughs> exactly. It's like, bam! It. Uh, so how are you feeling right now? You all right? I'm feeling good. How about you? Uh, we're ready for the prom fashion show. I, I was trying to think I, about last night what I'm going to wear. Oh, that's right. Because y'all aren't doing the tux. And no. Like, so 
What, yeah, it'd be cool. What, yeah. I'm thinking about doing something like The Rock would wear, you know, like to the Grammys or something yeah. like that. Well, what you, that's kind of what you wore last year. That's what I'm going to do, you know, try to look like The Rock. Yeah. Because it is about Brandon at the high school prom fashion show. <laughs> well, it is, and he has to show off the tats. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, yeah. His sleeves have to look a certain way. Yeah, or I throw the shirt away. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it out. Uh, so the prom fashion show happens this coming Saturday. I know the uh, Chain Reaction Youth Council has been working for the last few months to put this together as an advisor of these young high school students. What does this event mean for for you individually, and then for these students who take part? For all of us, I think what we get from it is just the satisfaction of doing something good for someone else. Right. And the Make-A-Wish that we're benefiting for Prom Fashion Show this year, what greater way can we make someone feel good than to gift a child something that they really, really want that will help with their illness? Yep. Well, and I've had the chance to be there when wishes have been granted in the past, right? And and it's it's an emotional deal because number one the child the 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 patient is extremely happy but you also have to think about the residual effect on parents and siblings and grandparents like it's really a transformational type of a thing for for a young person it really is and that you know studies have shown that those wishes actually help improve their health yeah and that's the reason we do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason so many people around Northeast Arkansas, you know, will fundraise and spearhead uh, Make-A-Wish. And this weekend, the Chain Reaction Youth Council has determined that they're going to raise some money for Make-A-Wish with the prom fashion show. And as we get set for, you know, prom season and we're going to see all these people who are posting photos of their tuxedos and dresses and prom nights, this is really the event that gets you ready for prom. It really is because they're showcasing all of the new fashions yep. for the 2023 prom season. And um, the stores that we have doing that this year are Emma and Kate's. It's a new uh, bridal former wear store in Jonesboro, as well as Jessica's, who has been phenomenal with helping us with prom fashion show for years yep. now, uh, as well as Men in Black. And then, you know, you have when you have prom, you always have after prom. Sure. And so we have Steamroller Blues that is going to provide after-prom wear styles for us. And that's neat, too. And, and I think the thing that makes this so exciting is you're the advisor. You've advised these young people for, for many, many years now. But you kind of turn it over to them. You give them the, the keys to the castle and say, hey, we want you all, this class, to create the prom fashion show to kind of to, to exemplify where they are and the current day's times because they really are getting to drive the train on who's going to kind of put together this whole show. They absolutely plan every detail of this. Um, our theme for this year is a night in New York, and a lot of our music is kind of centered around New York. Yep. Um, it's all of the latest hits that the kids like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen over the years we've kind of transitioned and where it's less modeling and more of a fun show. Yeah. There's, you know, mm-hmm. little dance routines thrown into each one of the, the the walks. And and the kids just have a lot of fun with that. They choreograph everything. They pick out the music. So I think that's my favorite part is seeing 17, 18-year-old kids that are um, passionate about their community, and they're the ones that are doing the choreography. That they're the ones that are making, you know, mine and Brandon's notes on what they want us to yep. say about uh, Make a Wish. So I think that's that's really cool, and it's promising. I think we see a lot of kids that were like, oh, "What is our world going to be left with?" Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be left with kids like those. Exactly. 
that council that I work with, it's 25 students from across Northeast Arkansas, schools right. across Northeast Arkansas. And um, these students have um, a heart for giving back to others. And um, when, when I look at them, what, Kelly, you just said, I, I, you know, I feel good about the future because I see these kids and um, they give me hope. Yeah. So the prom fashion show happens coming up on Saturday at the Brooklyn High School Auditorium. Brooklyn's been great uh, for a long time to to give us access to their facility and and to to staff it and all that stuff. So a big shout out to Brooklyn, but also uh, you're the big sponsor and just a huge thank you to the big sponsor who kind of came in and said, "Hey, we want to be a a really big part of the prom fashion show." Yes, and that's Riggs Cat yeah. here in Jonesboro, and we really really appreciate them. This is their second year to be a big sponsor for us, and they really help us meet that goal. Our goal for the year is to raise ten thousand dollars to grant a wish. Right. And so um, they really help us with that. So, again, it's the Prom Fashion Show to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It happens on Saturday. Uh, Sherry, if, if people want to get tickets, I know we could tell them to find uh, one of the people in the Chain Reaction Youth Council or a model. But is there a way they can do that online or through social media? Well, they can buy tickets at the door, but they can donate by going to our Facebook page, which is NEA Youth Council, mm-hmm. or to Instagram which is N-E-A-C-R-Y-C. Okay. And you have the, the ability for them to go there and yes, make donations. Yes, there is a link directly to the Make-A-Wish um, website. Uh, yeah. So, again, it's going to be uh, the Prom Fashion Show at Brooklyn High School Auditorium this coming Saturday, uh, hosted by myself and Kelly. We're going to be there to uh, kind of uh, help stir it up a little bit. And I guess one of the final questions I have for you is one of my favorite parts of the show that – uh, that we get to do is the uh, the Mr. NEA contest where we take high school students and they dress themselves up as as models and come out there in evening gowns. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and and that has always been your most favorite part of the show. I think you always just really anticipate that. Well, it's fun and it's great for a laugh and uh, for anybody it's, who goes, it's just a fun night. It is a fun night. And that that little event that we do, that Mr. NEA, that is a way that we can raise extra money yeah. to go towards Make-A-Wish. Once people are there, you guys can vote for who's going to be Mr. NEA. And again, uh, if you want to find out more about it, go through Facebook or uh, through Instagram and search for the Northeast Arkansas Chain Reaction Youth Council. Sherry Bobbitt joins us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Shelby Knight, who is representing the Center for Exceptional Families, and I believe she has a little bit of rasp to her voice this morning. Shelby, how are you? <laughs> a little bit of a rasp. Is it the weather? Is it the sinus? We don't know. We oh. don't know. It's just a <laughs> I like rasp. it. I think it sounds good. You know, I, I like it. I, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know. It was funny. It's a godfather kind of thing. We had somebody on the radio the other day, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, he sounds like he doesn't feel well. And she's like, what? I'm like, you can just tell there's a little yeah. something in his voice that sounds a little bit off. 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be all right. I'll be fine. No, we'll Y'all don't worry it. about me. I'll be fine. Hey, <laughs> we won't worry because we got to get you ready for Sensory Saturday. Uh, the Center for Exceptional Families is, is really something that, that you put a lot of time and effort into as the executive director. Uh, for people who, who don't know exactly what you all do with the Center for Exceptional Families, give us kind of an overview on, on the work that you guys get, uh, the work that you all do in this community. Yes, I'm happy to do that. Now, uh, Center for Exceptional Families is a statewide organization. We are the parent center for the state. So it's a federal program. We're paid by the Office of Special Education Programs in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a federal program. We have uh, parent mentors. Who, we have six of them who each work about 10 to 15 counties across the state. So their role is to educate parents on their rights and responsibilities regarding their child's services at school. Say if your child receives a a diagnosis of a disability and and you have to contact your school and work with them, whether that's ADD or autism, whatever that might be, but you've got to develop develop a relationship with your school so that they can provide the proper services, well, you call us and we'll help you do that. Oh, wow. You know, we go with parents to their school meetings. We, We talk with the parents and their districts to help them kind of get the best plan available for their kids. And everything we do is free. It's a, this is, a, like I said, a federal program, a, a free federal program. Uh, everything we do is provided free for families. So, and, and most of my staff, myself and my staff, are parents of persons with disabilities or someone who spent years and years in the special education field. So everybody's really top-notch. They know what they're doing. We've already walked this path. We know what it's like to have a kid with a disability. We know what it's like to have to go in and face the school on your own and how scary that can sometimes be. So, you know, we're here to help with that. That's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I kind of took some notes as you were talking, things I wanted to come back to and ask you about. Uh, And I guess when you think about a parent who gets the diagnosis that there's you know, something there that they're going to, that the school's going to have to help work with. I would assume to a lot of those parents, they go, oh my gosh, what do we do? We never anticipated this being what we were going to have to yeah. do. So for you to be there to hold their hands, that's incredible. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. And I, I wish I had had uh, more of an advocacy uh, following or, or group whenever my son was diagnosed back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a clue who to turn to, and it took a while to find somebody that could help me. But we just want to shout it from the rooftops. I mean, I'm, I'm itching for everybody in the state to know that. They have a parent center. My organization is only eight years old. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm itching for everybody to know it because it, it bothers me that there are families out there who are trying to navigate this thing by themselves. And that's pretty darn scary because it's, I mean, you you know, when, when our kids are born, we, we don't, if, if they've got, uh, Down syndrome or or a disability of some kind, we're not handed the material at birth to handle mm-hmm. that. Right. You know, we we don't know how to do that, and so you have to learn how to do that. And not all parents survive that ordeal. I mean, you know, they they struggle. They struggle for years trying to figure it out, and and uh, and so we just want to be there to help them do that. Hey, can you walk me through in, in your mind and your experience, kind of the difference from you know you look back, you said to the 1990s with diagnosis compared to 2023. What have you seen change over the course of, of those, you know, 30, 30-ish years? Sure. Well, it, the numbers, number one, when my son was diagnosed, it was one in 10,000, mm-hmm. diagnosed with autism, one in 10,000 right. back in 1992. So I don't know the exact number this morning, but it's like one in 44. Oh, my gosh. So that's, yeah, that's huge. That's, that's yeah. huge. Now, and, and I'm just going to plug it here, Brandon, while I've got the opportunity to, um, back then, one in 10,000, my son is 33 now, and, and he cannot find a job. So 
imagine what it's going to be like in another yeah. 20 years yeah. when these kids need employment. We're going to have a lot of kids who are, who are receiving SSI if mm-hmm. we don't figure it out and, and find jobs for these kids with disabilities because everybody can work. Everybody yeah. can and everybody wants to. Well, you know, I'm saying that loosely, but, but people <laughs> want to work. No, but I, I think that's you know, really sweet for you to say, hey, let's figure this out. And I think, you know, we have a platform uh, that reaches so many different people that maybe you're a business owner and, you know, maybe this is something you should think about. If you need some help, maybe it's seasonal help, maybe it's part-time help or even full-time help. Right. There are people that, that that do want to go to work. And I guess, Shelby, that's they right. could even reach out to you because you're going to be so well-connected. Absolutely. I would, I would be... Yeah, if a business owner wants to take on someone with a disability, then yeah, holler at me. I've got a, a, a list of half a dozen right here on my desk who would who are looking for something to do with their daytimes. Well, so, where so, where yeah. can people find out more about the Center for Exceptional Families? We have a nice website. It's really pretty. www.tcfes.org. Mm. Everything is there. Okay. Very nice. Let's talk about yeah. sens- let's talk about sensory Saturday because I know this is something that uh, you know you guys get really excited when you get to do an event like this. And uh, for people yeah. who, who haven't heard of a sensory Saturday event, how would you describe what's going to happen at the Malco Town Cinema? Well, sensory cinema is a is a movie event created by the Center for Exceptional Families for children and adults with disabilities who might not enjoy a regular movie experience. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that, that Dolby surround sound is pretty loud when you think about it. And, and, and we've got a lot of You're people right. with disabilities who have sensitive hearing, and that initial loudness has the potential to ruin what could otherwise be a fun event with family. Right. So we keep the volume, we keep, we keep the lights up just a little bit so that kids can see their parents. The volume of the actual movie is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. And moviegoers, the best part about sensory cinema is that moviegoers are never expected to sit in their seats and be exceptionally quiet like a typical show. Right. Nobody shushes anybody. That's right. how we do it. That's we awesome. don't shush them. If they're allowed to sit, they're allowed to stand where they like. If that's on, a, if they want to sit on a blanket up under the movie screen, have at it. You know, there's no restrictions here. If you need to pace back and forth a little bit to, to be comfortable with what you're hearing and seeing, then do it. There's, there's no restriction here. Um, it's an awesome experience. And really, it's, it's great if you're trying to kind of teach your child with disability who might have hearing sensitivities mm-hmm. or sensory overload in, in the first place to attend a movie experience. But it, some parents come in, get their kids in the door, and, and then 10 minutes in the show, they back out. And right. so the Malco, yeah. Jeff Ayers here at the Malco is awesome to work with us on that one. If they can't stay, Jeff will hand them back their money, and, and we'll try again next time. No, you know, great. we're working toward a full movie experience here for our kids, and, and, and it's, just, it's been a great thing. It really has. I'm, I'm pleased at the attendance, I, and I think it, it provides a service to our families in this area. I wish I could take it statewide. I really yeah. do. I'd have to, you know, we don't have, we got a couple of Malcos in Northwest, but we need AMC to come and join us, and it would be amazing. Oh, that'd be great. So it's Sensory Cinnamon. It happens this coming Saturday, Sensory Saturday. It's going to be uh, February the 11th, 9.30 a.m. at the Malco Jonesboro Town Cinema on East Parker Road. The movie this yes. week is The Amazing Maurice. And the Shelby, Maurice. if people need to get tickets for this or they want to get tickets, how can they go about doing that? They just walk right up to the door at the Malco. The doors open at 9 a.m. They walk right in. It's a cash-only experience, though. Now, that's kind of weird for people. Mm-hmm. But it's cash-only because <clears throat> I have to purchase one one big party um, from the Malco. Right. So 
So they pay in cash, and, and we can change for them and everything, um, but it's a cash-only event. And again, and I just to get rid of the movie ticket for it. And again, it happens this coming Saturday. Shelby, hit me with that website one more time so people can find you. CFEF.org. All right. And again, Shelby Knight joins us this morning for the Center for Exceptional Families. And Shelby, we appreciate your time uh, to chat with us and best of luck this weekend. Thank you so much for the, for the opportunity to share it. I appreciate that. All right. Have a great morning. You too. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by a man who has just revealed it's about to be his birthday. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Rodney Poff from Jonesboro Occasions Magazine has joined us this morning. I'm going to be 42. 42 years old coming up. 42. That's going to be amazing. All right. I may be off by 15 years old. I mean, hey, whatever works for you, right? You have any plans? I know sometimes you, you know, you're one of the people I see on social media who gallivants all over the mid south. I have never gallivanted in my life. You're kind of a gallivanter. Um, I don't frolic. You don't, I don't gallivant. <laughs> Where are you going? Anything special coming I have up? No idea. Well, you know, normally if it's decent weather, I'll go golfing somewhere. But yeah. It's so wet. No, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dogs. You have dogs, right? Yeah. Running in the house with dirty feet and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, drives me nuts. So Rodney comes in and we talk about the events happening with the Jonesboro Occasions Magazine event roster. Uh, new the new issue. I know it's been uh, it's been delivered. It's on uh, newsstands and at uh, retail establishments already. Yes. So the big cover. I mean, I'm looking at the cover of the magazine. Uh, your big feature. What you got? Uh, that is for the March event, um, the Junior Auxiliary Charity Ball. Yeah, that's a big yeah. event. It's a cool cover. Yeah, no, I like it. That. Yeah, it catches your eye. Yeah. That's you, I mean, you guys and your art team do a great job at kind of laying that out and doing. I'm glad stuff. you said you guys and somebody because it's not me. No, no, they, no, don't, has, they don't let me do anything creative. Man. No, you're the bulldog who goes after people. Say, give me your stuff. Well, which typically no, you start I'm the on guy that goes, "Hey, would you like to advertise?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you tell me, "Hey, man, give me your stuff. Can I have it today, please?" Oh well, yeah, once you're once you're on the line, then I gotta yeah, I gotta pest. Roddy, just so you know, I know the date and the week before. I'm always reminding Brandon, okay. so he has extra okay. reminders for me as well. Well, see, I'm glad you said that because I would never know. You're welcome. He doesn't respond most. Of the okay, time. see. Did I respond to you yesterday? I said most of the time. I love okay. when he gets excited wait, when he responds I, wait, one yesterday, time. Yesterday, I sent him a text about Jerry Lawler. Yes, and, and I responded, responded immediately. immediately. Because right. I was eating. I was eating my but lunch. If, but if it's, you know, actual work-related stuff, right. uh, you know. No, that stuff goes, Crickets. To, that goes to the back of the line, in the line. <laughs> Let's talk about the events that are happening over the next uh, the next week or so. What you got for us All this right. morning? Well, starting Friday, um, Foundation of Arts will present uh, Disney's Frozen Junior uh, at the Forum Theater. She's singing, Rodney. I'm Let sorry. It go. She I'm just sorry. distracted it the guest. It happens. Who distracts a guest? I was giving a soundtrack. This is fine. <laughs> Did Please, you? No, no, no. You guys go ahead. Rodney looked go over ahead. like, what's happening in here? Elsa Ooh. showed up. That's right. Yeah. Elsa Jr. Um, I wish she was on a break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so Disney's Frozen Jr. will be at the Forum Theater in downtown Jonesboro. Uh, you can call 935-2726 or go to foajonesboro.org Friday uh, through Sunday. So it's going to be the weekend. Yeah, they're excited about that. We talked to Michael Weavers last week. So. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, Saturday, February 11th, the Forest Elwood Crowley's Ridge Nature Center will host ducks, Dutch ovens, and dates at 11 o'clock. Participants will learn to cook a delicious duck recipe and a dessert mm. with a Dutch oven. 
Nice. Uh, you can call 933-6787 or go to agfc.com. One of the things Rodney was telling me is one of his first dates involved the Dutch oven. They had to make some food. What? That's that's just what he was saying a minute ago. Okay. I'm surprised Audrey said yes. Okay, okay, uh, everybody out there, you guys know he's lying. Yeah, he's they breathing. do know he's lying because he's talking. Her. She said his cooking stinks. Oh, okay, Brandon. Mm. I apologize for my co-host in front of everyone. <laughs> and on Sunday, what's that event again, Rodney? That's uh, mm. yeah, ducks, uh, Dutch ovens, and dates. Yeah, gotcha. On Sunday, Brandon, uh, February 12th, the Ag for Autism Super Bowl Bash. That will begin at 3.30 at the Gardens at Harmony. Uh, The event will feature a silent auction, dinner, and a number of fun-filled activities. To purchase a ticket, you can visit agforautism.org slash Super Bowl Bash. Who you got, Eagles or Chiefs? I I really don't. Okay. Just pick one. You have to. Flip a coin. Eagles or Chiefs. One, two, three, go. Oh, Rodney. Kansas City. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Pretty much have to go Kansas City. And then next week, Thursday, uh, A-State University Department of Theater will present Peter and the Starcatcher at the Fowler Center's Drama Theater located at the campus of Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Show dates are the Thursday opening night, the 17th, then February 18th and 19th, and 24th and 25th. You can call 972-3471 or fowler.astate.edu. I did notice we went to your website uh, last week. We did it in the studio because we knew the, the the new website was coming for Jonesboro Occasions Magazine. It looks great. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. It Glad looks really like it. good. So if yeah. people want to check it out, how can they find it? www.jonesboroccasions.com. Uh, there you go. As Mr. Rodney Poff so eloquently puts it at the end of every jonesboro.com event roster. Dutch off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man you need. need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He yes. is our best friend. Yes. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. Vet-Care.com and on Facebook when you search Vet Care Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, it's Wet Nose Wednesday again. What's happening? Hey, start of a rainy day. It's great. Yeah, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, pretty much our yards are saturated at this point, mm-hmm. you know, from rain and then ice and the ice melts and blah, blah, blah. And my dogs are tracking in mud every time they go outside. I know. It's going to happen like, for the next couple of days. What is it about dogs? Can you explain to me what is it about a dog that makes them want to find the muddy spots. You know, I think that's just their their uh, sense of adventure and and uh, fun loving spirit. Do you remember when? And it's probably about ten or fifteen years ago when Kelly used to mud wrestle on the side. Brandon, you're an idiot. I, I still got photos in my. Okay, y'all. They are full of it. Just hush. <laughs> we, we used to oh. take our disposable cameras out. Okay, exactly. <laughs> So we always turn to Kevin and we say, hey, teach us something about our animals we didn't know. So what did you bring for us today? Well, this is just a little side note. It's not really what I was going to talk about, but I probably saw something um, today just about five minutes ago that probably no nobody else in northeast Arkansas, maybe Arkansas, has seen. And it was a breed, a breed of dog from uh, the Netherlands. 
it's actually a Dutch sheepdog, and I can't pronounce it in Dutch, but it's Schapendos. Schapendos. Mm-hmm. What does it look it's, like? Uh, it's a uh, it's a general. It was a general type of farm and herding dog in the Netherlands, and um, had a client that uh, got one, and I think. I think she said she was stuck in Memphis for two days because when she flew back with the dog, it was uh, when all the ice hit last week. So mm-hmm. uh, they got to bond and uh, it's uh, you know at a hotel there. So, uh, but it's really a neat little dog. It's black and white. Kind of has long hair and uh, you know probably I don't know if there's I've never seen one before. It's my first uh, oh. uh, viewing of one. And uh, uh, like I said, I don't know if anybody else in the state of Arkansas has one. No, Kelly just pulled up a picture. They're really cute dogs. Yeah. And and this client, she likes to do, her dogs participate in agility. And this dog, um, I think that's what a lot of the uh, people that own them in the United States use them for is agility dogs. Oh, my. Of course, these dogs are very agile anyway. So, um, anyway, it's kind of interesting. It's always good to see a new a new something you haven't ever seen before. Let's talk through that because I think that's kind of an interesting conversation. What do you think is the most... Uh, you know, and obviously you're going to have, uh, you know, dogs where we're not really sure of the breed. What do you think is the most common dog in this part of Arkansas as far as your experience of vet care? I would say it would have to be a Labrador Retriever. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot more doodles? Because like we have, you know, Murphy Lee is a something doodle. Yeah. Oh, they're gaining uh, uh, gaining popularity. I saw yesterday a mix between a Brittany Spaniel and a doodle. So oh, yeah. I guess it was a Boodle, I don't know. <laughs> so, what dog breeds did you used to see that you don't see quite as much anymore? Um, you know, Dobermans for one. I remember when I first came here in eighty five, nineteen eighty five. Um, Dobermans, and you know, they have large litters, sometimes ten or twelve puppies. And at the time, uh, the uh, practitioner I worked with worked for did a lot of ear trims, and it seemed like every day. You know, we were seeing a dog, a uh, Doberman puppy, back to retape its ears, you know, to get them to stand up. So Dobermans were very popular then. And another breed was real popular then was Cocker Spaniels. We don't see as many of those now and uh, for some reason. But, uh, you know, we still see some. But they were those two were very popular back in the, you know, gosh, that's been almost 40 years ago. I've always loved the 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 breed, the Rottweiler. I love the Rottweiler, and I've had I've had one of those before. And, like, my next one, if I ever get another big dog – I want to get one of those big old mastiffs. Yeah, uh, the slobber slobber factories. Yeah, do you ever see? Do you see very many of those? We see some, yeah, yeah, and they're they're pretty massive too. Hey, you mentioned Dobermans, and I mentioned Rottweilers. So when somebody goes in, and let's say, like with the Doberman, you know, they're going to do the ears, or like with the Rot, they're going to do the tail. Um, that, I know that's an aesthetic thing. Is that something that has any term of effect on the dog? Are we just doing that for the aesthetic appearance, or uh, tell me, kind of walk me through what that looks like. Yeah, you know, it's 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 more, I think, just because some of the breed standards had that. And, you know, there's been a push to get away from cosmetic-type surgery, ear trimming, and I don't do it and never did do it, fortunately. But, um, and, you know, dogs, Dobermans look fine. They, they they really, if their ears aren't trimmed, they're, they just have kind of floppy ears, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of makes them look a little more hound doggish, but uh, they still have the, you know, the long muzzle, uh, same with tails, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't do a lot of tail docks anymore. Uh, but, and you know, that's the thing. We don't see a lot of litters of puppies 
uh, like I used to. And I think people have, you know, heeded the message about overpopulation. And, you know, so we just don't see as many, many uh, litters anymore. But pretty much the tail docking is, is more for, you know, a breed standard. And, you know, it, it's not, it doesn't, I guess you could say, well, yeah, that way the dog won't injure its tail, mm-hmm. you know, if you remove it. But right. that's kind of a, that's not, that's kind of false logic. I mean, um, so yeah, it's, uh, and, and, you know, there are countries that have outlawed, uh, outlawed that maybe even some local, uh, uh, ordinances, city ordinances in some of the states have, have outlawed that too. So, uh, um, anyway, it's just kind of interesting to me to think that there's somebody somewhere at some point in history that had this idea. I wonder if this dog would look better if we cut its tail. <laughs> That's just yeah, such a exactly. random thing. Or, or made its ears look like a triangle, right. you know, a rounded floppy ear. Like, who are these so, people that had the chance to do that? It's so it's so random. So you said you brought us something else today. What did you bring us? Uh, this is this is kind of interesting, and I'll I'll, de- I'll I'll admit I have to do more reading on this. But just this has happened in December 9th, actually. Uh, the FDA approved the first. In the United States, the first orally administered medication to improve uh, glucose control in cats with diabetes. And, you know, I, I just had a cat we recently diagnosed, I think it was Monday, actually, an older cat uh, that has diabetes. And, you know, first thing the owner asked was, is there a pill that you can give for that? And, uh, you know, most dogs and cats are, are insulin dependent. They don't usually get the type 2 diabetes that you can control with diet and exercise like people get. And they they actually have a deficiency of uh, insulin in their body, so they require insulin. Well, this new drug, its um, trade name is going to be called Bexacat, mm-hmm. and it's um, uh, Bexaglyphlosin is the actual name of the medication. And it, what it does, it in, uh, it's a, a glucose uh, inhibitor or transport inhibitor uh, so it allows uh, extra levels of glucose to be excreted through the kidneys, and it controls the high glucose levels in a diabetic cat's body. So, mm-hmm. but there, you know, the thing is, you know, everybody think, oh, I can change my cat. If uh, you know, one of the contraindications is if your cat is currently receiving insulin and has been, you know, it's uh, we we don't say, well, we can switch to this. Right. So it's for cats that have been newly diagnosed with diabetes and don't have any other existing health problems like kidney disease, liver disease, pancreatic disease. And uh, it's not even, it'll probably become available uh, sometime this first quarter. Uh, I don't think you can actually, I can't purchase it right now, but I've got to do some more reading on it because uh, there's a lot of contraindications on the label. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they have a, what's called a black box warning on there, which means there can be some pretty severe um, react or side effects or, or consequences, including death. So, um, like I said, it's just something that it, it may help some of these cats that may be go untreated because the owners are just, you know, they say, I don't, I'm not going to give a cat, you know, an injection twice a day. Right. And uh, so I think as time goes on and it becomes uh, more more used in the in the veterinary profession, you know, we'll know more about it. But, uh, you know, I think there are some cats out there that it's probably an unmet need um, that, that will help a lot of cats. So um, because some some studies show that approximately 125,000 cats a year go untreated. Oh, my goodness. Because the owners can't 
you know, uh, they just won't or, you know, are squeamish about giving injections. So, wow. That's it'd be, wild. be interesting as time goes on to see how that plays out. And again, he's the guy who will bring us the information and keep us up to date. He is the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare. Back with Wet Nose Wednesday. Find out more at vet-care.com and on Facebook when you search VetCare Jonesboro. Dr. Reed, as always, we appreciate your time, man. Okay. And Kelly, welcome back to the U.S. of A. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) See you, man. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Dana Lands from St. Bernard's, and we're here to talk about Baby State, an event which, uh, you know, I've said for years and years, this is a great event for uh, new mothers, expectant mothers. And uh, Dana, it's always cool to chat with you. So how's life this morning? Hey, thanks for having me. I always have such a great time with you guys, but we're doing great. Just getting geared up, ready for baby state. It's a busy time for us. You know, the the babies don't stop coming when the weather gets crazy, so (laughs) we're having a good time up there. No, actually, when we get snowed in, there's probably uh, nine or ten months down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're exactly right. I'm just going to say, no, so it's kind of funny. We were talking, I was talking to um, Mitchell now, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, let's let's talk baby state. And I'm like, hey, get me Dana. We talk to Dana every time. We want to talk to her. (laughs) So uh, it's good to have the chance to connect with you and talk about an event that really brings so much value to to new parents, man. It's like, I remember, and I tell you this every time when I went um, to have Kai, this is 2009 at St. Bernard's and. And I was scared, didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go. And, um, man, if Baby State was around when we had Kai, it would have been a game changer for us. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's every parent's fear. You know, I had been a nurse for several years when we got our first son. He was actually adopted, so it sort of snuck up on us. But right. something just leaves you. The second you get in the car with that newborn, everything anybody taught you sort of flies <laughs> out the window. So you need a backup plan. You need yeah. somebody that can help you out and and give you some comfort during this time. I remember pulling up there that morning and we stopped uh, cause Leslie had this deal where when, when she was having her morning sickness, the one thing that she wanted was sweet tarts, like sweet tarts were the <laughs> cure all for her. So we stopped at a gas station, a convenience store, got the sweet tarts and I made that drive to the hospital. And as I'm pulling up there, I'm thinking, what in the world am I about to go through? Because you know, it, I, I mean, I'm there directly, but it's kind of indirect compared mm-hmm. to my wife. And um, it was a scary thing for me. I can't imagine being the female going into that situation. Wow, it is life-changing. No matter which side that you're on, it definitely is. And that's what makes it such a special time. You know, we feel like, obviously, we've got the best maternity newborn team, you know, service line out there. And we know that that mom and dad and the grandparents and whoever else is involved in the situation, they need support. Mm-hmm. They need that bonding relationship. They need somebody who's chill and who's done this a few times to kind of help walk them through it. So mm-hmm. that's what we're shooting for. Baby State's going to help you be prepared and help you know what questions to ask. If we don't get them answered at the event, when you come in to deliver the baby, you're going to have a much better idea of, hey, you know, this is what I need to ask to, to get the kind of experience that I need. So Baby State is going to happen this coming Monday. It's going to be February the 13th. Uh, if you're an expectant parent, if you know somebody who's about to have a baby and you're like, hey, this would be a cool thing, let them know about this event because, Dana, you guys really go all out to try to cover it from every angle with Baby State. 
we do our best. You know, we've been, we were talking before, and I cannot remember what year it started, but we've been doing this for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And every event that we have, we learn something else from our customer base, something else that they need. So definitely, if you're expecting, if you know someone who is, if you're just thinking about, hey, I want to expand my family in the future, this is a great place to start. I mentioned adoption. If you're planning an, an adoption, hey, you're going to need to know the newborn side of things is covered as well as mom's care, you know, prenatal care, postpartum. There's tons of things around this room. So the event is actually, like you mentioned, Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m., at the St. Bernard's Auditorium. There's no reason to register. You just pop in and see us. The auditorium is at 505 East Washington, right over by the Medical Center. So if you don't know where that is, it's a very easy building to find. Um, Come on in anytime. Drop in. You don't have to be there right at 6. You can come at 10 minutes till 8, and we're still going to take care of you. Uh, This time, we have a theme. We've kind of had that going on over the years. Like I said, we've kind of learned quite a bit. But this one is Sip and See. So, you know, the new thing in baby showers is a sip and see to get to see the baby. So we want you to come in and see what St. Bernard's has to offer for your family. So we'll have some refreshments and some fun things around the room. But on top of the education, you know, you you can learn about anesthesia there. They're going to talk to you about epidurals. That's very important. If someone wants an epidural, if they want to try an alternative pain medication, they're going to help you out. All the way through your labor and delivery experience, Plus, we have 26 vendors in the room that are local businesses that have things to offer for your family. It's everything from newborn items, prenatal classes, doula services, all the way out to how to do postpartum yoga and mm-hmm. treat postpartum depression if that's an issue. So I really just can't even express. There's so much that goes on in that room. We need you to come out and check it out for yourself. Hey, I love the fact you mentioned the postpartum depression because I think that's something that we probably as a culture – should talk more about because I think sometimes, uh, you know, you might go with the mom who is is going through that and doesn't even recognize that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it used to be a taboo topic and it never should have been, but mm-hmm. we have huge new ways of treating and identifying postpartum depression. That's where that partner really gets involved because like you said, mom may not even recognize what's happening to her. Mm-hmm. So you need the people around her, her support system to help identify that and get her the treatment that she needs. So we have several options in our community to help moms out, support groups, therapies. So, yeah, we want you to know about that going into your delivery so that you can identify it when it starts to happen. Well, if you're about to be a new parent, you know, obviously you can get great advice from people around you, but there's some stuff that you that might just – uh, you know, not even cross your mind that you might need to have at the house and St. Bernard's and baby state's going to be there to say, Hey, these are some of the most important things for you to have in your home and be ready for. And like, just something as simple for me as figuring out how to do the car seat and mm-hmm. to carry the thing around because it was a lot heavier than I would have thought and how to make sure it's in, in my vehicle properly, because there's no more precious cargo than a brand new baby going home. That is the truth. And car seats are not simple. They're very no. complicated. So we have um, JPD comes out and helps us out every event, and they'll show you exactly how to put the seat in your car, how it's the safest way to buckle your newborn in. Uh, we'll talk about some of the newest products out there. You know, a lot of things are not just generational with baby items, but even yearly, things change. There's so many great new things on the market that I certainly didn't know about 15 and 16 years ago with my babies, and now there's a lot of cool things. So if you don't have a way to learn about those, then you're going to miss out. So we want you to come out and see what we got. 
There you go. It's Baby State at St. Bernard's. It happens this coming Monday, February the 13th from 6 until 8 at the St. Bernard's Auditorium. It's a sip and see event, and I promise you for expectant parents, it's going to be a great event. Uh, Dana, we always enjoy the chance to chat with you, and best of luck on Monday. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by Shunquetta Cunningham, who is here representing the Karis Group. And Shunquetta, how's your morning so far? Uh, it's rainy, but it's a blessed morning. How are you? How are yours so far? <laughs> We're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. Kelly's been complaining about her hair falling because of the rain, but yes. you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, we are. Look, it's a it's a blessing to be alive. So right. no complaints here. There you go. And we don't have the issue of ice on the ground. We're not iced in. We're not stuck in the house. So that's good. Yeah, the kids are back at school. Amen. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we wanted to chat with you about uh, an event that's coming up. It's a nonprofit summit, and we'll kind of get there in a second. But uh, it's all put together by the Karis Group, and we thought no better person to talk to than the CEO of the Karis Group and the lead strategist of the Karis Group. And Shunquetta, that just so happens to be you. Yes, sir. You all, I am so excited for our seventh annual nonprofit summit. It's truly been a blessing to host this for nonprofit leaders. And so, you know, when it comes down to nonprofits, and that's everyone, including board members, volunteers, faith-based and ministries, community service organizations, everyone who loves community service, this is the conference for you. So tell me your vision when, you, when you're looking at the Karis Group and you're looking at doing a conference like this and you're thinking about the needs of nonprofits, where does this whole thing get started? Where did this go from being just, hey, you know what we should do to being something, hey, you know what we're going to do? Uh, tell me about that process. One of the uh, areas of focus for us here at the Karis Group is building nonprofit capacity that it's hard to think that when you start a nonprofit that you actually want to equate that, that we need money. But that's the real reality. Passion needs coins. Passion needs profits. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, founding story for the Nonprofit Summit was really saying, hey, there was no avenue for nonprofit and philanthropic leaders to gather, to connect, and to get the tools they need to build their capacity to impact the community um, in which they serve. And so seven years ago, we embarked on the journey to have this gathering of nonprofit leaders. And, again, seven years later, we're here today. So what are people going to get if they come to this event on March the 3rd? I know it's 9 to 3, so it's going to be, you know, the middle part of the day. The most, uh, you know, most of the workday is going to be uh, taken up on this Friday by this group coming together. What will people leave armed with the knowledge of? This year's theme is Thorn to Nonprofit Wealth, and we strategically designed the agenda so that every session is about a different aspect of funding that uh, nonprofit leaders can acquire because there are more to nonprofit fundraising than grants. And so we're going to talk about planned giving, how to attract donors and keep donors, how to tell your story and use that as a fundraising tool. How do we get individuals to include our nonprofit organizations in our states and our and and wills, um, and just 
beneficiaries, all of these uncomfortable conversations kind of, but they are all necessary for the perpetuity of our nonprofit. And so this, again, this summit is all about how do you get the funding and different ways to gather that funding for your nonprofit because, again, nonprofits do need funding to thrive. Sure. So, again, the event's going to happen on Friday, March the 3rd uh, from 9 until 3. Where's the event going to be taking place? It's going to be at ASU Centennial Hall mm-hmm. uh, on the third floor so as of ASU. And if I also might add, one of the great components of this summit is that we have a $1,000 pitch competition. So for those agencies that register, you have the opportunity to pitch for $1,000 for your nonprofit mission. Last year, Habitat for Humanity um, was our winner. So that's another incentive. Again, it's all about soaring to nonprofit wealth. (laughs) That's another incentive, right, to come and join us at the summit. No, and, and legit for the fact that like a nonprofit can go there and they can take home all of this wealth of information and leave with some cash for their nonprofit. That's amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, I enter business pitch competitions all the time. And so a few years ago, uh, we just had the thought, why don't we give that experience to mission-oriented organizations? Because they could never really pitch right in a business competition because of their nonprofit status. But they, too, deserve the opportunity. And so that was the epitome of that. Um, And it's always so fun just to have our nonprofit leaders get up and share from their heart about their program. But then also there's a little pressure, right, because it's a competition. <laughs> sure. But it's all good because we know all of our nonprofits are deserving. So as we as we look at this event and we we have people who are going to hear this who are probably going to start trying to make plans and, and tell other people who are on the board, hey, we need to be a part of this event, uh, what do they need to do? Do they need to get tickets? Do they need to go ahead and just RSVP? How's that going to work? Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, so there are different avenues. You can look us up easily. Everyone's on social media. Under the CARES group, that is K-H-A-R-I-S, CARES group. Um, There you will see a plethora of posts um, about the Nonprofit Summit, and the registration link is right there. Or you can go to www.consultcaris, again, that's K-H-A-R-I-S.com. And on the website, you will see a big green button that says 2023 Nonprofit Summit, and register there, but yes, you must register, and even to pitch in the competition, you have to be a registered delegate. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Again, it's going to be happening at Centennial Hall on the campus of Arkansas State, Friday, March the 3rd from 9 until 3. You can find out more on Facebook or consultcaris.com. And Chunquette, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, best of luck, and we'll chat with you again before we get to the event, okay? Yes, thank you all so much. You all have an awesome morning. All right, you, you too. too. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Uh, rain throughout the day today. Heavy rain at times. Rain tonight. Then the sun comes out tomorrow. Uh, so today's high is going to be around 64. Rain all day. Rain tonight. Uh, lots of rain overnight. Down to about 45. Then sunshine and 57 tomorrow. Uh, Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? The ninth season premiere of The Flash. Name that tune is on tonight. Super Bowl Greatest Commercials Battle of the, of the Decades is on tonight, so that should be good. Yeah. A Million Little Things is on tonight. And the, oh my gosh, the what? 26th season premiere of South Park is on what? Comedy Central. <laughs> 26th season premiere. All right, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.